Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Clapback. It is Thursday, November the 5th, and we are all still waiting on the election. Let me start off by saying that if you want to become a part of the Clapback Nation, please email us at clapback770 at gmail.com. I want to take a moment of silence for my cousin Gino White, who passed last night, was in a terrible car accident. We just want to take a moment of silence for my dearly beloved cousin. Thank you so much. Once again, if you want to become a part of the Clapback Nation, please email us at clapback770 at gmail.com and we'll be happy to correspond with you and make you part of the Clapback Nation, send you out pertinent information related to activities, how you can keep in contact with us, maybe become a guest on one of our shows. Please go back and listen to all of our shows. Make sure that you like them. Make sure that you... Uh, Share them. Make sure that you're following us on wherever you receive your podcasts. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on all of the podcast formats. We want to stay connected with you in this season. Remember, we are clapping back against those things that don't make sense. We have an opinion and we want to share it and we want to hear your opinion. If you're a business owner and you want to highlight your business no matter where you are, want to tell us about your products and services, you want to highlight something that you're doing, please get in touch with us here at clapback770 at gmail.com. Now let's get right into our show. We want to talk to you. This is a follow-up to a previous show that we've done. Uh, We previously talked about a rebuke of the election, and I was talking more or less about this particular election cycle, even though we have had the greatest number of votes ever cast for any presidential election in our history. Even though that is the case, I am still, and stated in the last program, that I'm upset because I don't believe that this election should be that close. It has been stated that Donald Trump has been able to gain an additional 1 million votes in both Texas and North Carolina. And he has even increased his base across the nation. These are new voters that did not vote for him in 2016 that he has increased. We all know what happened in Miami-Dade County with the Cuban Americans who were bamboozled and tricked into the foolery of believing that the Democratic Party and Joe Biden was moving toward a socialist agenda and lawlessness. They were able, Republicans were able to secure the vote. Now, let me say part of that is the fault of the Democratic Party and Joe Biden and his campaign. You see, one thing that Democrats continue to do that Republicans do not do, there are a couple things. Number one, Republicans stay together. Now, because the Democratic Party is such a vast party that includes all types of people, we have those that are conservative Democrats, we have those that are moderate Democrats, and then you have those that are liberal Democrats. You have those that believe the way that you win elections is by being kumbaya. 
One of the things that you see consistently with the Republican Party is they stick together. And then number two, they fight a good fight. You know, when you're in a fight, you don't follow rules necessarily. If you have to pick up a brick to save your life and to win a battle, you do what's necessary. You have to scrap. We're always in the Democratic Party trying to be politically correct. We understand what is going on with COVID-19 and the number of people that have lost their lives, the number of people who have become ill. I, too, have experienced people within my family that have succumbed to this illness, disease. And I have individuals in my circle, friends and family that have been hospitalized with the virus. But the Democratic Party chose, number one, as the Republicans said, Joe Biden chose to stay in a basement and campaign from a basement. He chose to pull boots off the ground in key battleground states such as Florida that cost him the election. While Democrats removed themselves from knocking on doors and being visible, the Republican Party and Donald Trump took it upon themselves to go out into neighborhoods, whether they had masks or not, I don't know, but they thought it was important enough to continue to have rallies and to continue to knock on doors to do what? Spread their message. Now understand, this message of socialism and lawlessness, Donald Trump and his supporters have been propagating this agenda and this speech to fearmonger Cuban Americans people who have been uh, used to uh, a communist society and oppression that have escaped that and have been able to make their way to America, he has been able to use fear tactics and untruths, false claims on social media to galvanize an entire population of people that overwhelmingly voted for Donald Trump and the Republican Party in this election cycle. Then when we look at the Obama coalition. We have used Barack Obama in 2016 and in 2020 election. And I believe that his influence in 2020 was greater than it was in 2016 because we had a horrible candidate, I believe in Hillary Clinton, but she wasn't as horrible as Donald Trump. But what is missing in this coalition and what was not prevalent in this coalition that was prevalent in Obama's coalition is that young college educated group of young people. And not only them, but people who voted for the first time in suburban and in uh, urban communities. That for the first time, because they were excited about a black president, they registered and they voted. Now we know that in key states like Georgia, Pennsylvania and other places across the country, it has been the female vote and the African-American vote and the Latino vote that has pushed Joe Biden over and also made him competitive in states where he wasn't expected to be competitive. But we still see this phenomenon with a vast number, a great number of young people who are engaged in protests but disengaged in the election political cycle. <laughs> I believe that 
if the young people and those that were marching across America, those that were fighting for their rights, fighting for George Floyd, fighting for um, all of the individuals this summer that were killed by police, uh, Breonna Taylor, uh, the gentleman in Georgia, Ahmaud Aubrey, fighting for both in James, in Texas, other states, other things that we've seen on Facebook and social media. If those groups that have organized so well to get in the streets and protest day in, day out, from sunup to sundown, if those people alone registered and came out to vote, I don't believe that this election would be close. I just don't believe this election would be close. I have talked to several African-American males and African-American people in general who have said to me that they did not vote. They would not vote for a couple of reasons. Now, one of the reasons they say they go back to Joe Biden's history. They believe the rhetoric that Joe Biden has been in office for 45, 46, 47 years and he's done nothing. Well, that's an absolute farce. That is just not true. He has done some things. Now, whether or not he has done the things that we think he should have done or voted the way that we think he has voted, he has done some good things. He's made some bad decisions, but unlike 45, he has apologized. Okay? Now, one of the main issues that that has plagued uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Yes, her name is Kamala, like comma and then la. What has plagued Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, number one. A lot of black people misjudge Kamala because they say she put a lot of people in prison. The question becomes the people that went to prison did she unjustly sentence them or overproportionately sentence them than she did other races? The answer to that is no. So her job as the attorney general was to lock criminals up, not innocent people, criminals. You see, we have to be careful as black people when we're fighting against those who are locking people up. Because if you say that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden put more people in prison through the uh, bill that they passed in the Senate, through Kamala Harris's time as the Attorney General of California, if that is your rhetoric, then what you're saying is that because she's a woman of color, that when people of color come before her court, she should simply let them go free even though they were found guilty and committed a crime. There's been no evidence proven that Kamala Harris has abused her power and arrested black people who were not guilty. There's no proof that Kamala Harris gave black people longer sentences than she did white people. As a matter of fact, she has introduced tons of legislations and tons of programs to knock down the recidivism rate, 
to knock down the rate of drug offenses and things of that nature, crimes where they had mandatory minimums or man, yeah, mandatory minimum sentences for drugs. She's fought against that. But yet and still we say she is the cause. No, she is not the cause of a young black man going out, killing someone, robbing someone, selling drugs. That was their choice. They got caught. They paid the penalty. So we've got to be fair. We've got to be fair. Okay. Now, Joe Biden, let's deal with the crime bill that Joe Biden was part of passing. You've got to go back during that time. America was at a different point. Drugs that they, the government had put into the inner cities were filtering out into white suburban neighborhoods. Crack was an epidemic. We had people dying in the street. We had people, we had gangs that were killing each other in our neighborhoods. We couldn't go outside. You heard the reports in Baltimore, Philadelphia, Chicago, Los Angeles, major black hubs where black people were afraid to go out in their neighborhoods because of drive-by shootings, because gangs were fighting over territory. All of America was afraid and all of America was saying to law enforcement, you've got to do something about it. We pressed the Senate and the Congress to pass these laws and everyone was fearful and they didn't think about the ramifications. They were trying to take a band-aid to fix the solution. And they came up with the crime bill and came up with these minimum mandatories. Joe Biden has since said they didn't think about it and they made a mistake and now is saying that the better route is for those that are caught with drugs and things of that nature, they should get treatment over jail. You see, so we, we go back to these narratives, and it is interesting, I was reading uh, something on Facebook, an African-American had posted something about Antifa and about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and he was giving a pass to President Trump. And I find it very amazing that while black people will, one of the comments he said, did you know that Antifa supports Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And my response to him was, did you know that the KKK was supporting Donald Trump? Now, he didn't want to, as an African-American, he didn't want to, um, he didn't want to down the KKK and President Trump. He said, well, President Trump has always denounced white supremacy. no. President Trump has only denounced white supremacy when he was pressed. He had to be forced to denounce white supremacy. But I find it amazing that an African-American in today would defend a racist and yet, and yet put so much information, negative information about a so-called black organization and Black Lives Matter and talk about them supporting the Democrats. I find that so amazing that they can look past David Duke, the KKK. They can look past documented cases of President Donald J. Trump not renting to black people, telling people in hotels not to let black people come into their hotels, telling people to put black people in a certain apartment, don't let them be in this apartment. This man talked about the New York Five. He is the creator of the birther theory with Obama. 
He talks about Mexican-Americans. He downgrades women of color. He downgrades every minority. And it is African-Americans that look past that and want to talk about Antifa and Black Lives Matter. That is bizarre to me. That is very bizarre to me. You have a president who promotes law and order, but wants to break the law and take away the constitutional right of voters in America today. In one state, he says, stop the votes. In another state, he says, count the votes. He's not being part impartial. He wants votes counted where it benefits him and votes to stop counting when it doesn't benefit him. And yet you're okay with that. There is something wrong in America. There is something wrong with the thinking of people. There is something wrong with how we're viewing this. If, and I used to be a Republican, but I, I've been voting Democrat since Obama. But there's something wrong when I cannot objectively look at a candidate, whether Democrat or Republican, and give a Republican credit for the things they've done well, and be objective enough to criticize a Democrat when they've done something wrong and vice versa. We're so polarized that we have to be right. I was interrupted there. Sorry about that. But when we cannot be objective enough and, and our sole purpose is just to be right and we'll be right. And it's amazing. Um, this same gentleman was posting uh, research and I was asking him about his sources and he was saying to me that he was providing sources but the sources that he was providing was opinion pieces and opinion writing that were conservatives for instance let's say I'm a liberal and I write a, I write an opinion piece and you take that as factual information when my whole slight in my writing is liberal and I negate anything that is conservative. I'm not being objective. That is not true research, my friend. You see, true research takes all of the information and reports the facts, even when the facts are against you. But we live in such a polarized society that we cannot be objective enough to admit when we're wrong, to admit the racism that has perpetuated through our society. To say that America is not systemically racist, to say there is no implicit bias in the police department, to say there is not police brutality disproportionately against African Americans and minorities, to say that we're not disenfranchised and have been destroyed as a people through slavery. See, we can say that and still say there are things in the black community that we have to fix because we can be objective. <clears throat> but no one wants to be objective. Everyone wants to be right. Everyone wants to be right to the point where we will do away with facts. Even with this pandemic, we want to do away with facts. We want to do away with the dirty politics. And how can we, as a former Republican who stood upon principles, look beyond the principles that Donald Trump has tore up, and vote for him. He gives no respect to the office. No respect to the office of the president. And we look beyond his behavior. 
And what has happened in this election in my clothes is America has spoken. America has said, we don't care about racism. We don't care about Black Lives Matter. We don't care about any of that because our country is divided down the middle. And those that are in power, those white supremacists, those who don't care, and some of them are not white supremacists. Some of them are just uh, okay with, because their life is not impacted, racism doesn't affect them. That they're okay with what goes on and they say, we don't care enough that you don't have equal rights. When a campaign gets on television and says, we need to throw out legitimate votes. Think about that. The Constitution gives us all the right to vote, but you have a candidate saying, we need to disenfranchise and notice. These are not in white communities. These are in black communities or communities of minorities. We need to throw their votes out. And you're okay with that. There's something wrong. Hey, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Clapback. This is your host, Kevy Kev. If you'd like to be a part of the Clapback Nation, please email us at clapback770gmail.com. I really need you to share this, like it, follow on wherever your social media is. Get it out to your people. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, maybe we've said something that you disagree with. Let us hear your point of view. Let us understand where you're coming from because the only way we can solve our problems is if we sit down and talk. We may leave the conversation still disagreeing, but we can at least understand your point of view. Email me at clapback770gmail.com. Until the next time, remember, it is time to clap back.